Welcome to The Indigenous Approach, a podcast where we examine the role of the nation's premier partnered irregular warfare force across the competition continuum, from cooperation to conflict and everything in between. In this episode, we sit down with Major General Richard Engel to discuss the newly released vision document. Sir, welcome to the Indigenous Approach. We're excited to spend a few minutes with you today. Thanks, Dan. Great to be here. All right, sir. Coming off Thanksgiving weekend, how was your Thanksgiving? It was excellent. How was yours? Yeah, it was great. It's really good family time and uh, great meal. Good opportunity to spend time with some family. Is there any particular dishes or traditions that the Engel family is known for? Yeah, my wife makes an, an incredible sweet potato casserole that's almost like a dessert. That's probably one we're known for, one I like a lot. So we were working with you the other day and you were uh, tossing around the football. Uh, any backyard football games over Thanksgiving? Uh, it's been a while since we did one of those. You know, it's kind of getting a little bit old, but uh, always willing to put them on and go out there and throw the ball around. Yeah. Speaking of football, um, this week, the uniforms for the Army-Navy game were unveiled uh, with the Army team honoring Task Force Dagger and uh, with the theme of United We Stand. As a former Army football player and current Special Forces officer and commander, what are your thoughts heading into the big game? My first thoughts beat Navy. That's always the first thought. Proud of the way the, the Army team plays. Very excited uh, and humbled by the fact that they would honor our legacy, honor Task Force Dagger and the work they did for the country, uh, and excited to watch the game. As much as I like to keep talking about uh, dessert and football, I'll go ahead and get on to the, the meat of this episode. So you're now past the 100-day mark of your command, and you've traveled to see all the groups and brigades around the country and spent time with leaders and teams in each of those locations. And then recently, you held a commander's conference in St. Petersburg, Florida, where all the command teams came together. What picture of First FC has all of that painted for you? Yeah, tremendous opportunity to go out and, uh, and visit our teammates. Our intent was to, to go out and visit um, all of our 06 formations. We got to 10 of 11, and the 11th we did by BTC to hear their thoughts on the state of our command, uh, the direction we were going, uh, with the intent of taking in all of that input and overlaying it on the current vision that we had and the strategy that was in draft and, and allowing us to develop that strategy out into a campaign plan. Um, so I think what we took away from that is uh, we have an incredibly talented and dedicated force that does tremendous work uh, for our nation every day. And that uh, General Brennan and the previous command team put us on a great path. And now we're going to continue along in that same azimuth. Because we don't live in a static world, you know, we can't remain stationary. We're and we're always needing to move forward to meet the next challenges on the horizon. What challenges uh, for First SFC do you foresee? That's a great question, Dan. Um, I, I think the primary challenge is going to continuing to be the rebalance of our time, our effort, and our money away from 20 years of sustained counter VEO operations to strategic competition and enabling integrated deterrence. And so as, as we look towards the future, if we had to describe it in the remission sets, of strategic competition, counter VEO operations, and large-scale combat operations would probably, you imagine that being a Venn diagram, about 50% of our time and effort on strategic competition, another 25 on counter VEO operations, and 25% on large-scale combat operations. And where we would like to focus our time, money, and effort is, if you imagine those three circles in a Venn diagram, where they come together and intersect is where we should be focusing our time, energy, and, and money. So one of the things that came out of the Commander's Conference this fall was a new vision statement and a one-page document that we've named Who We Are. Can you tell us what's in that document and how do the ideas in it build on our previous vision document? Um, so the, the document basically describes 
who we are and what we do. It, it certainly uh, builds upon the work that was done by, by General Brennan and the, the collective team. I would offer this is this is our vision, and it's our mission, it's our vision, and it's our culture because it was developed with input from the entirety of the team. So I think that's important to state. It, it simplifies the documents that we had beforehand and then stratifies them out. So we intended to put on one sheet of paper, like I mentioned earlier, is, is who we are and what we do. So it starts with our vision statement. Um, which is we are the premier partner in irregular warfare force. So simply stated, we have to be the best irregular warfare force on the planet. And a key part of that is being the partner in irregular warfare force. And so that's not something that's bestowed upon us. That's something that we have to earn every single day. So that's what I want people to focus on is when you get up in the morning is how do we meet that vision statement of being that premier partner in irregular warfare force? Um, the second is, is, in essence, our mission statement. And we have three primary components of our mission. The first one is be able to man, train, equip, validate, and deploy uh, our soft forces globally. Um, so how do we present our trained and ready forces through the TSOCs to the joint force? Uh, the second one is to be the Army Corps of that deployable special operations joint task force. Um, and so those are what we call demand side. Those are two missions that we have to do. But we have a third mission that's emerging, which is really Conus-based operational support. Um, so how much support can we provide to the TSOCs from Conus? And that's a supply side mission because we can only do as much of that without putting the first two missions that I talked about at risk. The next part is what value do we provide to the nation? Um, and that really goes towards you know, what is our value in those three mission buckets that I mentioned earlier. So it's about providing tailorable, scalable, purpose-built RSOF unit of action. It's about being masters of the indigenous approach, being culturally astute, regionally oriented, and globally networked and forward postured. Um, it's about forces that can rapidly transition from cooperation through conflict that are at the point of need to respond, but also inform or assist and enable those who will respond. And it's also about being a deployable two-star warfighting headquarters uh, that can plan and execute full-spectrum irregular warfare campaigns across the competition continuum. And during conflict, forces that can enable deep fires and asymmetric effects inside an anti-access area denial environment, creating windows of opportunity for the joint force and multiple dilemmas for the adversaries. So that briefly describes the value that we provide uh, to the joint force and the nation. But all of that is enabled by our culture. Uh, and we thought it was important to describe our culture through organizational values because as a... You know, Peter Drucker once said that uh, culture eats strategy for breakfast. And what he meant by that was you can have the greatest strategy in the world, but if you don't have the culture within your organization that will enable that strategy, you're not going to be successful. Uh, so we thought it was important enough to put it on the who we are sheet because it describes how we operate every day uh, and what we expect of our teammates inside the force. And so our culture is defined by five organizational values, the first being excellence, which is we defined as the relentless pursuit of mastering our craft from the individual to the organizational level. Second one is just commitment. Commitment is an unwavering dedication to our families, our team, and the nation. The third one was accountability, which we described as understanding, internalizing, and enforcing standards. The fourth is trust. And our constant pursuit of earning and maintaining our credibility, because our credibility enables freedom of action, allows us to employ our, our soft unit of action. And finally, is empowerment. 
It's about the growth and development using a decentralized leadership model to encourage discipline initiative at the lowest level. But whether you've been here three days or 30 years, everybody has a voice in this organization and we need those voices to be heard. Everybody has a different perspective uh, and brings different experiences. And it's those different perspectives and those different experiences that allow us to solve complex problems. So we've heard the term sensor, influencer, and pivot point uh, used to describe the value our command brings to the table. And I think they're described in the vision document, but uh, the actual terms themselves aren't in there. What do they mean? Yeah, it's really about the concept of looking at our roughly 3,000 teammates um, that are deployed to 70 countries worldwide as individual nodes in a network. And each one of those nodes can be a sensor, can be an influencer, and can be a pivot point for cyberspace or STO. And if you look at that concept, it doesn't matter how they got there under what authorities. For example, if we sent a team on a JSET to Africa, the fact is that they're there now, even though the JSET is the authority that brought them there, what else can we do with them while they're there? So they may have been set there on a JSET for a specific training mission, but can we enable them with other authorities to be able to conduct operations in support of strategic competition? It's having a different employment model of being able to deploy uh, tailorable, scalable, task-organized-for-purpose teams based upon the requirements. And when they're there, now regardless of how they got there, can we break down the current stovepipe of authorities between operations and exercises? And I think that's, if we look at it from that perspective, is a way that we can bend the cost curve back and impose costs on our adversaries. Yeah, sir, what I think I'm hearing is that it's a mindset change, both uh, for the folks that are using our units of action, employing them, and also for uh, our folks on the ground, uh, whether it's what they're looking to do or what they're looking for. Yeah, I think it has a down and in component for our folks to look larger in terms of, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to this, this country in Asia for this specific reason, but what else can I do while I'm there? What else can I enable while I'm there? Uh, what other capabilities can I bring to bear? And there's an education component too, which is up and out, which is those folks that are employing us of, of understanding, hey, these are the other things that we can do. And we may be going for this reason, but here's four or five other things that we could do. Including the word partnered was very purposeful. Why was it so important to have that word in the vision? It was important because that's part of what makes us unique. Uh, and that's the indigenous approach. Working through, with, and by host nation partners and allies, but also our ability to bring together um, our gym teammates. Um, That's part of what makes us unique, and we thought it was important enough to include in our vision statement. So you mentioned the quote, culture eats strategy. Um, How do leaders within our command enforce the culture that we put forward in this document? You have to live the culture. Um, So culture is one act at a time, one day at a time. Individual acts become norms, norms become beliefs, beliefs become the way you do things around here. You build a culture, uh, but it's not static. Cultures are living organisms and and you have to to nurture that culture every day. Uh, Culture takes work. um, And so that work happens one act at a time, one day at a time, but it has to happen every day. So if you were to go visit a team room in one of our subordinate units and you bring this document with you, How do you describe to them what's in it and why it's so important to them? Yeah, it's a guiding document, um, certainly. 
The intent was to provide on a single piece of paper a brief description of who we are and what we do. Right? So the, the vision of where we want to be as an organization, our mission statement, what we do, um, our value to the nation. And I would expect that, that each member of the command can look through their lens as they're having discussions about the capabilities they provide, and they can use those values to describe what their particular focus or their particular capability um, is providing to the joint force uh, or the GCC. And then our culture is, is a promise to ourselves. Okay? This is a, the binding contracts is this is how uh, we will operate with each other and what we expect of each other. All right, Jers, now that we have our Northern Star, our guiding document out there, what can folks in our command expect next in terms of the key ideas that are driving the command forward? Yep. So, yeah, the, the vision that we have now is being flushed out further into a strategy, and then we're building in a campaign plan that will operationalize those strategy uh, with three primary lines of effort, which will be people, win, and innovation. Um, and from those three lines of effort, we will pick out focus areas that will drive the command towards over 60, 90, 180-day periods. Those are to come. From those documents, though, we will be able to drive both transparency to see ourselves and alignment to ensure that we're, we're all rowing in the same direction, uh, so to speak. Within those concepts or within those lines of efforts, there are certain concepts um, that we receive feedback from. Uh, as we went around and talked to the CSUs. Um, and so you're, you're going to th- see things like, do we need to change our employment model? So we have a certain employment model that has allowed us to do operations uh, of 20 years of sustained counter VEO operations. If we're going to focus more on strategic competition, should we be using the same employment model that we used in 20 years of sustained VEO operations? Probably not. We're looking at the concept of the Sojitive C. Is there a mission space for that to be not just sojitif in crisis or conflict, but is there a mission space for that to be a standing sojitif that can operate in competition? So those are two things that we're looking at. There's a couple others that uh, we'll flush out as we go forward. So as we're closing out this episode, we're also uh, getting close to closing out 2021. What's the message that you have for our force as we enter this holiday period? Yeah, that's a, that's a great point, Dan. And thanks for asking that question. I, I, I'd start off by just saying thanks. Um, thanks for being part of our team. I'm tremendously proud of, of who you are and, and what you do for our nation. Um, thanks to your families uh, for their service and their sacrifice. Uh, it's the old adage that the, the service member raises their hand, but it, it's the extended family that really serves. Um, so please thank them on behalf of, of myself and the command. Uh, take this time over the holidays just to, to relax and unwind, spend some time with, with loved ones. We all need to take a break at some point, uh, and this is an opportunity certainly to do so. Um, the holidays can be a, a difficult period for those who, who don't get a chance to get away or to be with families. Um, so take care of each other, look after each other. But if you need help, please reach out. We absolutely have the resources to provide you the help that you need. The, the only thing you can do wrong in that case is, is be afraid to ask for help. So we're certainly here for anybody who needs that. And uh, though many of us will have an opportunity to get away, we can never lose sight of the fact that you know we will have a couple thousand teammates downrange and in harm's way. And we'll make sure that we have the people here to provide them what they need. But I'd ask you to just keep them in your thoughts and in your prayers and, and best holiday season to everybody on the net. Sir, well, we appreciate you spending a few minutes with us here on the Indigenous Approach podcast. Thanks, Dan. Great to talk to you. This has been the Indigenous Approach. 
We hope you enjoyed this episode. Follow us on social media. And if you have suggestions for topics or guests, send us a message. Thank you for listening.